it. Hello and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. My name is Lokalani, your host, and I'm joined by my husband, Alex, who is preaching about respect. Are you respected? Do you want to be? Showing respect to others is an indication of one's own self-understanding. A person is respected when someone understands themselves well enough to show respect. Being misunderstood is one of the loneliest feelings in the human existence. And Jesus shows how he understands us, but doesn't affirm our practices. And he also shows us how we can be respected, but also show others respect. We will explore all of this in our next part, in the next part of our series in Matthew chapter 7. We're looking at verses 1 through 6, and we're using the NLT version today. Grab your Bible if you have it. If not, just listen along. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to the pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Amen. Thanks for reading that. Thanks for joining us. We love you guys. Got a story uh, to tell you. When I was a kid, we were driving in the car quite often and my dad would play like this lo-fi jazz channel. And I would get so frustrated as a little kid. I'm like, where's the words? Why is he always playing this? And now that I'm a dad of five kids, um, I have to apologize to him for, for thinking that way, for judging him because now I listen to that same kind of channel. And the, the main reason why is because there's not a lot of um, like music that doesn't have inappropriate messages or doesn't fill my mind with worry mm -hmm. about things I shouldn't be worried about. Um, and so I listen to that because it's like contemplative and it's chill and there's all kinds of like crazy lo-fi stations on YouTube that I love. Mm -hmm. um, I judged him not understanding my own self and not understanding where he was coming from. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, why we need respect, why we don't deserve respect and how to be respected. I feel so much freer now that I don't have to like judge uh, even my dad for listening mm -hmm. to a channel like that. Who's free, him or me when I was judging him? He's just listening to his music, not, you know, not a care in the world. I'm the one in the backseat as a kid judging him. Who's more free? Who's more upset? Who's more in chains? Yeah. So this is what Jesus is really trying to get to the heart of as he preaches the last parts of the Sermon on the Mount to his disciples right here in Matthew chapter seven, verses one through six. He's trying to get them to understand that it is for freedom that he has set them free. He doesn't want them to live this way because he wants them to be free. It's a beautiful thing, freedom. So the verses one and two, he says, don't judge others or you'll be judged. You're gonna be treated the way that you treat others. The standard you use to judge, you will also be judged by that standard. So what he's saying is the respect you give is the respect you're gonna receive. 
When you're judging someone, you're not respecting them. You're treating them with disrespect. You're saying, I'm above you, you're below me. And Jesus is saying, if you treat people that way, you're gonna be treated that way. Now check this out. John 8, one through 11. This is where Jesus gives us a perfect example of what it looks like to show respect to someone, even a person that you may not even necessarily respect. Jesus shows respect to a person like that in John chapter eight, verses one through 11. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early in the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. So here's the scene. Jesus gets approached by some very religious, very churchy, pharisaical bad guys and all their religious gear and they try to trap him. Jesus stoops down, writes in the sand, and then when he's ready, he stands up, exercises so much self-control and then shows respect to a woman of ill repute. Yeah. That's heavy. So that tells us what? Showing respect to someone and being a person of respect, being respected by people, first starts with self-control. If you don't have self-control, you'll never be respected. If you don't have self-control, you'll never be able to show respect to others. What does Jesus do? He knows that they want to trap him because he can read minds and he's dealt with these guys before. What does he do? He, he kneels down and starts writing in the sand. What was he writing? I have no idea, but he's exercising self-control. Instead of in his anger, lashing out at them, which anger is not bad. It's how we respond to things in our anger. That's bad. He exercises self-control, takes a deep breath. We always tell our kids, we learned it from a YouTube show, smell the flowers, blow out the candles. And he does that and he kneels down, draws in the sand and then stands up and shows respect. Shows respect to his enemies as they try to attack him and trap him by not lashing out at them, by not giving the um, response that they necessarily deserve. But he also shows respect to this woman. Now she was caught in adultery and there's laws in the Old Testament, laws in the book of Moses. And those laws were not to hurt people. I mean, they definitely hurt people, stoning and stuff like that, but they weren't um, written just to hurt people for the sake of hurting people. They were written to stop adultery in its tracks. What kind of community would the people of Israel who received the law of Moses be if everyone was cheating on each other? Mm -hmm. So God laid out some strict rules to stop it in its tracks so they could learn to honor and love marriage and the sanctity of marriage and the fidelity of marriage. And so these laws, though they were right, Jesus says, but wait a second, if you're without sin, then you throw the first stone. Mm -hmm. 
And they drop the stones and they leave. And then he turns to the woman and he says, where are your accusers? And she says, nowhere, nowhere, Lord. Jesus says, well, I'm not, an, I'm not a condemner of you either. So go and sin no more. You see, the ability to show respect is an indication of one's own self-understanding. Understanding someone first starts with understanding oneself. When one has self-awareness of weakness, they can rightly evaluate the person in front of them. And they can identify with another's weaknesses, so much so that the person being evaluated feels truly seen, but not exposed. When we give understanding, we will be understood and thus respected. And when respect is given, respect is received. So Jesus is telling the disciples in Matthew chapter seven, verses one through six, judge not and you won't be judged. People are gonna treat you the way that you treat them. And he's saying that first showing respect, treating someone with respect first starts with you having self-awareness, you understanding yourself and your own weaknesses. Because once you start there, how dare you jump down someone's throat and condemn them? You see, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.15 that this high priest of ours, Jesus, understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet without sin. What that means is Jesus came down here and he experienced everything we experience. Mm -hmm. Jesus quite literally walked a mile in our shoes. He knows what weakness, loneliness, fear, and being misunderstood feels like because that's how he was unjustly treated. So he welcomes us without affirming our practices. Mm -hmm. He discerns who we are and what we need without being judgmental. He looks at the woman, sees her in her sin. She's caught red-handed. And Jesus says, I know what weakness feels like. I know what loneliness feels like. I know what being misunderstood. This woman, she got caught up in this sin first and foremost because she thought whatever uh, inappropriate sexual activity that she was getting herself into would help her. She thought just like any sin, we thought we think that when we walk into sin, this sin's gonna help us. Our life's gonna be better after this. Whatever sin you choose, whether it be being obsessed with a Pokemon or being uh, coveting someone else's shoes or house or um, looking at inappropriate things or lying or stealing or doing drugs, whatever it is that you involve yourself in, we walk into it thinking, this is going to be good for me. What a misunderstanding that is. And then once we find out that it's not all glittering gold on the other side of that sin, now... When people see us, they think, oh, you're just a blankety blank sinner. Hmm. And we feel like, no, this wasn't what I intended. This isn't what I signed up for. This is, this is not what I wanted. And that's exactly how this lady is feeling. Mm -hmm. Alone, misunderstood, ashamed, weak, exposed. And Jesus knows what it feels like. And so he welcomes her, but doesn't affirm her practices. We got to do this, you know, with our, with our people who are living in sexual sin. John, John Piper was helping me understand that it's really not good to call things like the world calls them. Like, for example, transgender. Now, there's no such, he says, there's no such thing as a man becoming a woman, a woman becoming a man. The world has just given a name to it. And that name makes absolutely no sense. So as Christians, as members of a higher calling, the holy priesthood, what would it look like if we just went around saying, oh, our transgender brother and sisters, we don't use that, that language. Mm -hmm. God would not use that language. Mm -hmm. He would say that sexual sin is an abomination. 
that these people are lost, that these people are like a sheep without a shepherd, not transgender. God is asking us to treat people with respect, with compassion, without affirming their practices, without being all buddy-buddy with them and saying, yeah, well, you know, I understand, I get it, you know, that kind of stuff is way too tolerant. It's way too uh, accepting. We can be like Christ and be welcoming, full of love, full of grace, full of humility when we approach someone who is obviously living in sin, obviously far from God. Well, we can do that in a way where they don't feel like they have a get out of jail free card because they are in God's wrath at that moment. We don't want to make them feel like it's okay to stay in God's wrath. Let's look at why we need or why we don't deserve respect. So we talked about why we need respect. That is an understood self. We need respect because we, we want to feel understood. An understood self is what we really want. That's why we need respect. But we don't re deserve respect because we underestimate scales. Look at verses three through five. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eyes when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't even see the past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get the log out of your eye and you'll be able to see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Jesus is saying that a person who wants to criticize and judge someone won't dare look in the mirror themselves. A person who is very judgmental, very quick to, you know, you learn a little bit about someone and then you automatically know exactly who this person is, their upbringing, where they come from, exactly why they do the things that they do, when you only know a slight sliver, a speck of what's really going on in their life. They jump to conclusions. And this is a person who is so insecure, mm. so unable to stand criticism themselves that they're so quick to criticize. Mm. This is a person that won't let you get a word in. Mm. This is a person that bulldozes you in the conversation, mm. cuts you off in the conversation. This is a person who is very gossipy, slanderous, has no friends, is not respected by the people around them. You see, to give respect is to get respect. And Jesus is saying, if you're walking around with a plank in your eye, everyone knows exactly what kind of person you are. The kind of person with their other eye uh, staring down, looking down on people when they only have one good eye. It's ridiculous. It's really humorous. The picture he's trying to give to the disciples, they definitely wouldn't have chuckled, but they definitely would have like felt the ridiculousness in it. What this is saying is we got to look back at John chapter eight, verses one through 11, because in verses seven through nine of that passage that we just read with the woman caught in adultery, it gets at the heart of the Pharisees, the enemies, the judgmental, the critical, the people who have the plank in their eye and they're trying to take the speck out of this woman caught in adultery's eye. In verse seven, it says they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, this is Jesus saying, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then, then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until 
Only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. They drop their stones and they walk away because they had what? Underestimated the scales. I'm about to have Lokelani read a, a verse about scales, Proverbs 11.1. 1. But before that, just want to say, you can't get respect by, by demanding it. You must give it to receive it. Mm -hmm. And the only way to give respect is by taking a long, hard look in the mirror before you pass judgment on someone else. This is what the Pharisees didn't do. They're looking down on this woman and Jesus says, have you sinned? And what do they do? They drop the stones. They realize, oh, wow, the scales are unjust. They underestimated their own sin. Check this out. Proverbs 11, 1. The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. People who are critical, judgmental, all they want to do is throw a stone because it feels good. There's a perverse pleasure. Mm -hmm. There's a sick love of controversy. Those are John Piper's words. I love that. We're so unhealthy in our hearts. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? There's no doctor on this earth that can look into our heart and really fix the sickness, the disease that's going on. We love to look down on others. We love to judge. We love to be critical. We love dishonest scales. We're so unlike God because here it says that God detests dishonest scales. Mm -hmm. When we are judging and being critical of others, gossiping, slandering, what we're doing is we're not being honest. Because mm -hmm. what right do we have? to try to take the speck out of someone else's eye when we have a log. And God says he hates dishonest scales. That's how these Pharisees were. That's why Jesus is practicing so much self-control right here because he hates what these guys, these Pharisees are truly about. He hates the dishonesty, the underestimating of their own sin. A person who underestimates their own sin will never experience being respected by others or the ability to give respect to others. Don't you see? The Pharisees are not free. The woman caught in adultery is now free because Jesus has set her free. If the son sets you free, you are free indeed. And, free indeed. and it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Amen. But these Pharisees are not free. Mm. And because they're not free, they will never experience being respected. And they don't even know how to take the first step in respecting others. So we get into verse six, which looks like a completely different caveat mm -hmm. from what Jesus just said, but there's a link. And this is how to be respected. If we uh, need respect because we want that understood self, but we don't reserve respect because we underestimate scales, then the way to be respected is to undergo slowness. Verse six says, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to the pigs. They will trample the pearls then turn and attack you. To be holy means to be set apart. To be holy means to be, uh, to be one of God's children. And so what he's saying here is when we think about judging, when we think about being critical, we're using our words to do those things. And Jesus is saying, don't use what is holy on those who are unholy. Don't throw, don't throw your pearls to pigs. What's the connection here? Well, he's not taking a tangent. What he's saying here is this, words are holy. Let's look at Exodus 3, 7. Ecclesiastes 3, 7. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. Sorry, Ecclesiastes mm -hmm. 3, 7. There is a time to speak and a time to be silent. Mm -hmm. Words are holy. By them, God created the universe. 
Words are powerful, life-changing agents. We must be careful how we use them. Words aren't to be thrown around in any old kind of way. They are to be used with caution or else they will fall on deaf, deaf ears or worse, be responded to with aggression and hate. Mm. He's saying to use your words, which are holy, in an unholy manner, to throw them out to people who um, love gossip, love slander, love judgment, love canceling others, love critical criticism, love that, bad negative criticism, people who are like that, that is to throw your pearls to the pigs. It's to throw what is unholy to dogs. Dogs were rampant in the community back then, and they were street dogs. They really weren't pets. They were just scavengers, like more like hyenas. And pigs were seen as unholy because they roll around in the mud. They eat slop. They're the lowest of the low. And Jesus is saying to take what is holy and just to throw it out in an unholy conversation of judgment and criticism, that's not right. That's not freedom. Being able to know, like the preacher in Ecclesiastes, the time to speak, the time to be silent, that's a person of freedom. That's a person who has self-control. That's the person that goes to bed at night thinking, I said what needed to be said, and I didn't say what didn't need to be said. That's a person who leaves the party, leaves the the hangout and isn't constantly thinking about, should I have said that? Was that the right thing? It's a person who's free, yeah. walking in peace. And it's a person that is respected. Hmm. Look at Psalms 22, 16. This is where we're gonna get the power to live this way. Cause I know what you're saying, Alex, it's really hard. It's really hard to live that way. Well, this is where the power comes from. Psalms 22, 16. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Now this is written almost a thousand years before Jesus gets on the cross and recognize the word dogs here. Mm. Jesus says, don't throw what is holy to the dogs. Words are holy, don't misuse them. But then he says, but then this psalmist in 22:16 is talking about the Messiah. And what does he say? He says that my enemies surround me like what? A pack of dogs. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus is saying, I am the one that's gonna be, I am the holy one that's gonna be thrown to those who are unholy. I am the one that's gonna throw myself into the midst of the pack of dogs. I am the one that is holy and perfect and innocent like a pearl gonna be thrown to the pigs. Mm -hmm. In a world that's constantly speaking loudly, how can we have the power to be slow to speak? By looking at the cross. There, Jesus, the holy word of God was devoured by his dog-like enemies. He was metaphorically trampled by the wrath of God. Why? So we could be careful on how we use our words. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the words of God. Mm -hmm. Words are holy. And he's saying, I took myself and I threw myself to my enemies. I threw myself to unclean, unholy people. And I was devoured, I was killed, I was crushed, I was trampled. And I rose to new, I rose and I resurrected. God rose me from the dead because I was holy, because I was innocent, because I always rightly used my words. Why did I go through all that? That was so I could give you the power to be free from judging everyone you see, everyone you see on the gram, being critical of everyone you see on Facebook, judging every video that you watch on YouTube, every TikTok. Mm -hmm. You're not free living like that. Mm -hmm. And I went through that 
I, the holy words of God, were thrown to the dogs so that you could know when to use your words mm-hmm. and how to use your words so you can undergo slowness of speech. Mm-hmm. And because Jesus rose again, that means uh, the word of God did not fall on deaf ears. Jesus is the word of God that was thrown out and did not return void, did not, uh, it wasn't in vain. And that means when you are slow to speak, when you are quick to listen, it won't be in vain. That's the promise of the resurrection. That when you choose to live like Jesus and undergo slowness, Mm. you will see the respected life that comes out of it. That's the promise of the resurrection. Because Christ resurrected, you will experience what it feels like to really be respected. You're gonna be disrespected by some, we know that, so was Jesus. But you'll be able to walk in the respect of heaven every single day, treating people with respect because the resurrection. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for um, just the power that you give us. And as we get into after the amen, we, we ask that we would ask ourselves this question and answer it with honesty so that we can uh, not underestimate the scales that we so often put ourselves on and put others on, but we'd be able to walk with freedom and slowness of speech. In your name we pray, amen. This is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help apply this message to your life. Our question today is, how do you show respect to Christ? How, excuse me, how do you show respect to Christ? I'll go first. And I think the first step is by giving honor to what he's done. Um, I just love how... He started this sermon with the Beatitudes, kind of laying a blueprint for all these topics that he's going to tackle. And so as I think about like, wait, how do I, how do I do this? How do I not be judgmental? How do I not um, be disrespectful? How do I show respect to others and to Christ? I think of what he said already. And so um, I love just one of the first verses, verse three Blessed are the poor in spirit. People are truly happy when they realize their need for God. And I think, and then it goes into humility. It goes into mercy. And um, I think when we have a right view of ourself, then we can show respect to others and show respect to Christ and what he's done. I think I've struggled with feeling misunderstood a lot of my life and I think it wasn't until I actually understood who I was that I was able to have freedom in that area. And of course, from time to time, it comes up. And that's when I need to preach the gospel to myself again. Um, But I think truly understanding, like, one, my sin is just as bad as someone else's sin. And so... It, through what Jesus has done, it levels the playing field. Like, it's not like one person's sin is worse, this person's sin is better. Oh, they've only lied once. This person's, you know, fornicated. So this person's bad. This person's worse. This person's better. I have the right to judge. No, like what sin is, what Christ has done, it evens the playing field. We're all 
understand that, we have no right to judge. Whether we think of ourselves as the worst sinner, like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sinful, I can't receive God's mercy and justice, or I'm not that sinful, so I can just trust in myself. Either way, it's, you're missing the mark. When we realize that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, then we're able to rightly respect others and show respect to what Christ did on the cross. That was the point of the cross is like, we've all fallen short and we cannot find a way out on our own. Only he could provide the way way out. And I love that with um, the story Alex shared with the woman caught in adultery. He was the only one left next to her because he's the only one who was without sin. And he didn't throw the stone. He was stoned on her behalf. And that is just so powerful. None of us would ever do that. None of us would do that. And that's why Christ did it for us. And so I think that gives us his example, gives us a right view of ourself and that we're not understanding ourselves because either we're thinking too highly of ourselves or we're thinking too low of ourselves and like wallowing in self-pity. Either one is not going to work for us but knowing that we've all fallen short not one of us is better than the other we have no right to judge and so I love that and I think yeah we show respect to Christ by honoring what he's done it's so disrespectful to do either of those things yeah it's so disrespectful to what he to, because he died on our behalf. He went through the most brutal punishment on our behalf. What we deserved, he took on. So the most disrespectful thing we could do is judge someone or think of ourselves as better than others or think of ourselves as too far gone. We can't accept his love and forgiveness. He died for you. He died for the person you're judging. And so we need to live like him. And the only way we'll have that power is by continuing to go to the cross, being like Mary, like we talked about last week, sitting at the feet of the cross, absorbing the word of God, which is Jesus. So soaking in the scripture and then letting it transform our lives day after day. Like it's not a one-time thing. So, yeah. (laughs) That's powerful. I was reminded of when Paul says, I am the chief sinner. And what he's saying is, I'm not so bad that Christ can't forgive me. I'm not so, I'm not too far gone. That's not what he's saying, like Lokelani was saying, but he's saying, I'm the chief. How dare I look down on someone else when I'm at the front of the line, you know? And so he's saying that I first and foremost need the forgiveness of Christ. So how dare I, and not only that, the forgiveness of Christ, but also the understanding of God. I need that first and foremost. So therefore I must give that. And so that's beautiful. It's so hot. I'm burning up and I didn't bring my glasses. Uh, If you're watching, we're getting beamed by the sun, but we pray that it wouldn't rain because it rained on the way here. And And so we'll show you. Yeah, it's beautiful now. God is so good. Um, But thank you guys. And, you know, the sun shines with so great warmth um, because it is God's provision over us, giving life to the to us we need the sun but also giving life to creation um yet so far that it doesn't burn us um any closer and it would just destroy the whole earth and so god's provision is just right and we see that 
most most evidently in this podcast and how you guys um, you just are always right on time when God puts it on your heart to give it's always exactly when we need to pay like a bill or we ran out of Cheerios or something and so gear, gear we had to get a new camera mic and so um, all that's made possible by you guys. Thank you so much. If uh, right now you can't give at amenpodcast.com, a good way that you can engage with us is on Instagram. We're going to put the story today's after the amen uh, question on our story um, on the day that we post, which is Sunday. And so jump over when this comes out or after um, and, and check out people's responses over there on Instagram and or if you missed it, uh, missed that story, we're going to put it on one of our posts too. So you can engage with our community on our Instagram post. Uh, and we love you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next one. Until then, go out and be the church. Amen.